Question is this, how do we get two groups of people to come together? Those that are completely disengaged with what I call their personal physical health status and those people who are in love with their physical health status and doing something about it. How do we bring them together so that everybody fits into the second category of falling in love with their physical health, lowering their risk of disease and feeling amazing? We're going to find out in today's episode of the new science of physical health. Everybody, thank you for letting me share again here with you at episode 143 of the daily drop of the new science of physical health. Look at the title of today's episode. Chuck Weppner became popular culture, leaving a trail of inspiration behind him. Now, here's the interesting thing. I would almost be certain that for every 100 people I speak to, 99 of them, no clue who Chuck Weppner was. Let me take you back. March 24th, 1975, I was one month shy of turning nine years old on that particular day. In Cleveland, Ohio, a heavyweight boxer became a world icon when he was fighting Muhammad Ali. So I would imagine this episode goes out to countries all over the planet, 74 countries now, 804 cities. And the number of downloads of this show is just going through the roof. Thank you, everybody, for responding so well. Well, what happened was Chuck Webner was what you call a, a – um, he used to be an amateur boxer. I think I might have mentioned that in yesterday's episode. He was what you call a journeyman heavyweight boxer. Muhammad Ali in 1975 was coming out of being banned from boxing um, as a result of the Vietnam War. And he was uh, coming back. He he was had won back the World Heavyweight Championship. So in those days, they didn't have three or four heavyweight champions. It was just one. Muhammad Ali, probably the most. No matter which corner of the earth you're listening to, from listening from to this episode, Muhammad Ali, the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time, is. I imagine that name is known everywhere. If you don't know who Muhammad Ali is, probably my all-time sports hero. If you don't know who Muhammad Ali is, you should definitely go and look it up. And uh, I won't go into that because what I want to talk about is Chuck Wepner, the person you've never heard of. He gets a fight with Muhammad Ali, uh, and Muhammad Ali was just like a fight that kept him active. There was... So Chuck Webner is from uh, New Jersey, from a place called Bayonne in uh, New Jersey, and he had a nickname as a heavyweight boxer, and it was called the Bayonne Bleeder. Now, the reason for that, I've really followed boxing. I think um, uh, the same year, 1975, is when he fought Joe Frazier for this. That's the first time I'd ever seen a satellite television program here in Australia when I was nine years old, I watched Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, and it was just like my, my mind was like I was in love with boxing. Just watching that, I got stuck into it and as a sport and interested in it, and then I became an amateur a few years after that. And so what happened was Chuck Webner was called the Bayonne Bleeder because he would go into heavyweight fights, get hit, and he would get cut very easily. And quite often in, in professional boxing matches, if the cuts are too serious, they will stop the fight. I noticed they haven't done that in recent times in some fights, but back then it was like 
um, you weren't you weren't going to be um, continuing to fight if you got cut really badly. And that's often how Chuck Webner's fights. He had 51 professional fights and something like 35 victories and 14 losses. And he was a he was he was n- no way was he ever expected to beat Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was this. Um, the most gifted athlete in boxing history, particularly as a man who was a large man, like six foot three, about 220 pounds. And, you know, a heavyweight boxer is not meant to move around the ring and dance and have very fast hands and be very, very quick and have great timing. They're more, meant to be more, heavyweight boxers are more like a, um, a person who is able to, what we call a bludgeon. They just throw these heavy, heavy punches. If you ever go to a professional or amateur heavyweight boxing match, when the gloves hit, it's like, bang, it's so hard. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. Like, it's just the most amazing sound. You think to yourself, I remember the first heavyweight fight I ever went to. I was 14. So it was some amateurs. And the first time, the two boxers came out to the middle of the ring, and one guy throws a jab, which is not really a heavy punch. I seriously, it sounded so loud I looked up quickly into the ring. I was wondering how the guy's head that got hit was still on his shoulders. It was unbelievable in terms of, of heaviness. So um, I can't remember why I started that train of thought right now, but I'll come back to it. But um, it uh, Chuck Webner was not expected to do well against Muhammad Ali. He was – oh, that's what I think I was talking about. That, um, that's, that's what I now remember. Um, that most heavyweight boxers historically, the champions, they're just like, they could just thump the lights out of you. They just didn't have the highest level of skill, but they had the most power because they were the biggest uh, weight division in boxing. But the truly great thing about Muhammad Ali was that he had this gift that was just incredible skills in terms of um, uh, exquisite timing of punches and also this ability in the early in his career and even toward not towards the end but in the middle of it to evade punches and to get out of the way and, and the people that he was fighting just couldn't basically hit him. Clearly, Muhammad Ali was expected to win and win handsomely and this guy Chuck Webner who was this, um, he was basically given a shot uh, at the title to take it off Muhammad Ali. Well, they start going through the fight. Muhammad Ali is winning on points. Then it gets to the ninth round. For the first time in Muhammad Ali's career, he got knocked down to the canvas. And the referee has to send Chuck Webner over to what's called a neutral corner, which is how it works in boxing. And then he has to start counting. And if you don't, and Muhammad Ali didn't get up, then uh, at the count of 10, then Chuck Webner would unbelievably become the heavyweight champion of the world. Well, here's what happened. Um, the uh, the story the, the story goes: Chuck Webner went goes to his manager in the corner, and whilst Ali is on the ground, says, "This is literally what what was being told as a story. It might be folklore, but it could be real." Um, he says to his manager in the corner, his trainer, he goes, "Start the car. We're going to be millionaires." And his trainer turns to him, Chuck Webner, and says, "Mate." You better turn around. Maybe he didn't say, mate, that's an Aussie thing. So turn around. He's getting back up and he looks pissed off. So Muhammad Ali was knocked down, but he didn't stay down from this punch from Chuck Webner. 
And that was in the ninth round. And in those days, heavyweight championship fights went 15 rounds. And so between the rounds of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15, Muhammad Ali just took him apart and it didn't knock Chuck Wepner out. But what happened was 19 seconds from the end, um, Muhammad Ali knocked Chuck in the 15th round. Muhammad Ali knocks Chuck Wepner to the ground. And then um, they call the fight off with like about 10 seconds to go because Chuck Wepner got up to the count of seven, but he was so unsteady, the referee just called, called the fight and called it a technical knockout. So that's the story of how Chuck Wepner almost beat the greatest heavyweight boxing champion of all time. So the question is, why would I tell you that story? Why would I mention that about Chuck Wepner on this particular um, show, on this, on this series here with the new science of physical health? Where's the relationship? Here's what happened. I'm going to transfer you now to about a minute's worth of a speech given by none other than Sylvester Stallone. Listen to the speech, then I'll come back, and then we're going to start to unravel why did I tell you about this story about Chuck Webner? It seems so out of place and not related to the new science of physical health. Oh, it's related, by the way. Let's listen to, to the great Sylvester Stallone, great actor, unbelievable scriptwriter. wrote, listen to this, I'll be back in a second. And then one night, I went to see uh, Muhammad Ali fight Chuck Webner. And what I saw was pretty extraordinary. I saw a man they called the Bayonne Bleeder who didn't have a chance at all against you know, the greatest fighting machine, supposedly, that ever lived. For one brief moment, this supposed stumble bump turned out to be magnificent in the fact that he lasted and knocked the champion down. I said, boy, if this isn't a metaphor for life, his entire life crystallized at that moment. He will be remembered for all eternity, at least uh, uh, among the fight fans. He did something extraordinary. I said, now that, that is probably what I need as a catalyst for an idea. A man who's going to stand up to life and take one shot and maybe go the distance. So I started to write. And it was one of those writing frenzies. And three days later, I came up with the script of Rocky. Whoa, <laughs> now you know in his own words, from the person who wrote in 19... Well, he wrote it in 1975 and produced this movie, the movie Rocky in 1976, this B-grade, not expected to go anywhere movie that became... I think it, it won um, some Oscars, some awards at the Oscars that year. And there's some stories that go around that. The inspiration for the movie Rocky comes from this real-life human being called Chuck Webner. And so all of Stallone's character, which went on... To, now, regardless of... It, and once again, the show goes out all around the world. You've probably heard of the movie Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, probably my favourite, Rocky 5. He produced... I remember um, Stallone talking one time. He produced Rocky 6. That was the final one called Rocky Balboa. Um, he produced that to make up for the rubbish he produced in Rocky V. Rocky V is a rubbish movie. There's no doubt about it. But I like Rocky VI. And then, um, and so that character, played by Sylvester Stallone, who wrote it, it went on to have, the character, so many famous speeches that um, have almost, they've become an inspiration to generations of different people. 
And even now, there's two new movies out that are not Rocky, but they're called Creed, which is like a spin-off. And it's the similar thing. But, you know, the second that a person, if you get a young person today for exercising for, um, so not exercising, but training for their sport, young professional athletes, the second the Rocky music comes on, the theme of the score to the movie, it alters people who are training as professional athletes or playing as professional athletes. It alters their perception of their ability because it lifts them. It lifts them to believe more in their skill, to believe more in their capacities and their abilities, whatever sport that they're doing. I guarantee you, and I know some professional athletes from here in Australia from different sports, like cricket, for example. I know some professional athletes, some professional Australian uh, rules football players. I know some some professional rugby league players, which is another code. Uh, what else? I know I know some people who played soccer for Australia, um, which is a real football code. I know throughout all my all my European listeners, and I know those professional athletes, and some of them are younger than me, and some of them are around my age. And I know that they get inspired by things like Stallone's character through those different Rocky movies. And it's helped them along the way, whether it's the music or whether it's the, you know, the movies and and so on that's come off of that. But it's Chuck Webner, who in reality is the one that left the inspiration um, in popular culture, because without Chuck Webner's real life example of taking a million to one shot, and almost pulling off the greatest upset, and and as Stallone said, their unrealized dreams, without Chuck Webner, without his own just sheer determination and Stallone's interpretation of that into a movie, then we wouldn't have generation after generation of person, person of people from all walks of life being inspired. And it's not just to be used for professional athletes even though this, it's about a sport, which is a brutal sport, by the way. The reason I stopped amateur boxing was it was just too brutal. I loved it. and I was actually pretty good at it, but it was too brutal. So the whole point is of today's episode and about Chuck Webner leaving behind him a trail of inspiration is he not only was responsible for the inspiration for creating this character, went on to have movies from 1975 to 2006, that's a long time, 30 years of a character in a movie and, and across, a, a, you know, the ages that as he ages in each time um, and what happens to him in his life. And, you know, those, as, he, as Stallone said, unrealized dreams. I don't think that um, uh, from my perspective that, like, I don't, I, I didn't ever want to be a world champion athlete. I didn't have those. I was pretty good as a sports person. But I never thought I could be the best in the world. I didn't have those um, dreams and aspirations and they weren't unfulfilled. But what I have is now, today, as a result of watching the Rocky movies when I was young, um, as a result of being competent at sport, like very competent for my area and for my where I was in Australia and so forth, I, it left me with this attitude of wanting to succeed at something. And now I pour it into the new science of physical health all these years later. I've never lost any of that inspiration to create something and to be, I guess, not successful, to contribute and to be significant. I've never lost the desire to want to do that. And that's obviously what the show does here. And it's having some success. The new science of physical health is, you know, we've got a brand new book out, but built into a pack. It's got digital um, content, health software, physical content that goes in it. 
I'm really excited about the Experts Health Blueprint. I'm really excited about the coaching lab that we've just put into that. But what I've really wanted to do was to put a thought in people's minds that um, when becoming physically healthy, so taking the majority of people are not, uh, 65% of adults, I know I've said this before, do zero physical activity per week. Those are the people who are at most risk. Those are the people that I want to reach the most. But And the way that we get them out of that risk category is we get them into our clinically validated health software and we get them into a situation they might start achieving on a rolling seven days 10 health impact points. Then we want to move them up to 20, then to 30, 40, 50, and, and, and continue working them towards getting to a hundred health impact points. Dr. Wisloff, Professor Wisloff from Norway told me everyone, anyone can have, does have the capacity to achieve a hundred health impact points in the health software because it doesn't take skill. It doesn't take talent like it does in professional sports or even amateur sports. It just takes effort. One of the greatest problems, in my opinion, from all of the observations that I've had, I've been to how many different countries I've been to? About six or seven countries now. I've communicated with people all over the planet through the show, but I've actually been to different countries. And the one thing that I know is the reason that whether it's here in Australia or whether it's in Finland or Shanghai, China, which I loved going to when I went there in 2006 with my wife, great, what a, what a feast for the eyes. Um, when it, whether it's going to, I went to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, and I stayed there, had the greatest time ever. It was just unbelievable. Or, or when I crossed the Golden Gate Bridge, walked over the Golden Gate, Golden Gate Bridge. It is a great bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. The first time I went to Apple World Headquarters, just down the road, or a Golden State Warriors um, uh, basketball game there, the famous Golden State Warriors basketball team with Stephen Curry um, when I went there in 2018, um, you know, and other countries that I've been to. I noticed that... The, my opinion, my observation is that the biggest reason that we have a, a, the overwhelming majority of people doing zero physical activity and being at a high risk of a cardiovascular event that they don't know. They don't know that in between low risk, low zero physical activity and low risk, uh, sorry, high risk of a, a cardiovascular event, a heart attack or a stroke or the like, in between that, there are health adaptations that are happening to their body. Now, there are either health adaptations that are degradating, which means destroying their body, or the health adaptations that are moving them away from a cardiovascular event. The only way that happens, the only way, is to achieve the correct dose of physical activity. But the reason that people don't do that, in my observations, and you can decide whether or not this is the case in the world that you live in, when I say the world you live in, the community that you live in, all the things that you observe in the place that you live in, whatever it is. But the reason that people don't do it is they're just not inspired. There's not enough inspiration permeating through into their lives where they would feel like, well, I'm going to get out of that trap framework that I talked about in yesterday's episode. I'm going to get out of that trap. And I'm going to take some concrete plans and put them in place and use some frameworks and formulas to get myself worked in a position. You need to be inspired. There's no question you need to be inspired. So Chuck Wepner did that for Stallone 
who then did that for the Rocky movies and then did that with his character over the years. There's one speech I'm going to give you now, and I'm going to finish the episode out and say thanks for letting me share with you. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to give you, before I go, one speech from Rocky Balboa, that's Rocky VI, where Rocky's talking to his son. It is inspirational. There's no question about it, and there's millions and millions of views. It goes for about three minutes. You'll get the message, whatever message it is that you get out of it. But the one thing that I get out of it is where he said, you'll hear it, where he says, if you know what you want, if you know what your worth is, then go and get what you're worth. That's what I'm saying to people in terms of let's not have you be at this significantly high risk of a heart attack or a stroke or other permanent sickness as a result of a cardiovascular event. I know that you're worth more and your family is worth more and the people that you love and care about are worth more, men and women. It's not just a men's disease, I can tell you that, or a cancer event. I don't want you being at risk where you're ripped out of their lives. My father died at 46 of a heart attack with no warning. My mother got diagnosed with stomach cancer. Seven days later, she passed away. Both of them were ripped out of my life from the number one and number two causes of sickness and death worldwide, no matter where you live, no matter where you are. And my whole point is, if we're going to get people into a situation where they're at lower risk, they have to have health adaptations that drive them down and away from that risk. And the only way to do that is they have to be inspired. So thank you, Chuck Webner, for inspiring the next speech you're about to hear. Take what you want out of it. I've got what I want out of it. The last three minutes, this is one of the most delightful speeches I've heard, written by Stallone for this movie, Rocky VI. You know, the context of the speech Stallone's son, who's probably in his early 30s, and not Stallone's, Rocky's son, comes to the restaurant that Rocky has now because Rocky's long retired. He's probably in his late 40s, early 50s. And uh, his son comes and because Rocky has accepted a fight with the current heavyweight champion, but Rocky's well past it. And there's no kind of like, there's a lot of um, in the media, in this movie, in the press, it's like being treated as a joke, like a dinosaur fights the modern day fighter. Because Stallone is, I keep saying Stallone, because Rocky is so old. And the son goes there to confront Rocky, to confront him and talk him out of the, of the fight. And, uh, and okay, let's transfer to the speech. I'll share with you tomorrow and you'll see what was said and then you'll get out of it what you get out of it. All right, sharing with you tomorrow. Here's the speech. So you nervous about the fight? They're scared to death. You don't look scared? Well, you ain't supposed to. Then you don't have to do it. Yeah, well, I think I do. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself. And this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah. 
in a way you are. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son. You're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother.